message, and so I want to make that explanation before we get started. As I, as I read and bring some of these notes that I wrote down, uh, they might be a little boring in the beginning to you, but I, uh, if you'll stay with me to the end, I think you'll get a blessing out of the message tonight. But I'd like to read in Genesis chapter 17, very familiar portion of Scripture. And uh, if you'll turn there, Genesis 17, and I'll begin to read verse 1. Genesis 17, verse 1. When Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thou shalt... Uh, thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be a, a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee, in their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be uh, circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight years old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house are bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money must need be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man, child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sari, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sari, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall be begotten, 
that he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant, which I established with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left all talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in Jesus' precious name. We realize, Lord, that we can not say anything everlasting unless you let the Holy Spirit speak through us. But Lord, you bless me so much in this portion of Scripture, and I ask you to do so to everyone here tonight now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 17 reaches another important crisis in the history of Abraham. Now again in this chapter, God shows us the matchless grace in His dealings with the Father of all them that believe. Now, that's the reason I said Sunday, what happened to Israel with Trump the other day with these Arab nations all getting together, it has a lot to do with this portion of Scripture. I'm not going to spend time going over that tonight, but it has a lot to do with this. It's fulfilling Scripture. But uh, verse 25 here is very important. I'd like for you to go there with me and read it. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Now, remember, 13 years had elapsed since Abram in his impatient unbelief had hearkened to the voice of Sarah. So the number 13 is important. The scripture, in the scripture 13, is mostly, if not always, found in an evil connection signifying as it does in the language of numerals, unbelief, and rebellion, and apostasy. Now remember the first time the number 13 is used in Scripture is Genesis 14, verse 14, verse 4. Twelve years they served Telomere, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. Notice how closely now the Abrahamic uh, experience, his own experience resembles this. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him and caused him to leave his home and his kindred and his uh, follow the highway of faith. He started out living by faith. And for some 12 years he had endured as seeing him who is invisible according to uh, Hebrews. Now, but at the age of 86, Genesis 17 verse 1, 99 less than 13 years for the age of Ishmael, Genesis 17, verse 25, Abraham turned aside from the path of faith and resorted to denying of the flesh and listened to Sarah's suggestion to obtain a son of Hagar, the Egyptian maid. Now remember some God had already promised Abraham a son. So when, when he went into this woman and had another child, he lost his faith. His faith has diminished. Now, another 13 years passes, during which time there is no mention of any appearance of the Lord to Abraham or Abel. This interval is passed over in silence. It's a blank, a period of spiritual bareness, a season which brought forth nothing but wood, hay, and stubble. Now, Genesis 14 and verse 4 the first two mentions of number 13 are associated respectively with rebellion, impatience, and unbelief in resorting to carnal efforts instead of waiting upon the Lord. 
I want to get to something in a few minutes. What God wants us to do is wait on the Lord. Amen? That's the whole message tonight. And I believe we're living in a time right now. Uh, I, me and my wife talked about this. She asked me as we drove out the garage. She said, do you think we'll ever get past this mask wearing and, and this stuff that's going on? We'll ever be able to go shopping again in stores and everything? I said, well, I don't know if it'll ever be the same again. And I don't believe it will. I don't think it'll ever be the same again, but it could be better. Amen? I just believe God blesses His people all the time. If we'll learn to wait on the Lord. Now, all the way through Scripture, number 13 is an evil number. Let me show you. In 1 Kings 7, verse 1, But Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house. Now, if you contrast that with 1 Kings 6, verse 39, at God's house only took seven years. Now, Esther talked about is important. If you want to read it, uh, Esther 3, verse 12 and 13. Uh, uses the number 13. The same is true of instances where the numeral is not specifically mentioned. For instance, Israel marched around the divine Jericho 13 times. The book of Judges is the book of apostasy. And there are 13 judges numbered. Uh, these judges in Judges 21 verse 25, listen to what it said. The last verse in the Judges says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Then Mark chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, the Lord specifically, uh, just 13 of the, lists 13 of the evil characteristics are products of the depraved heart of man. So as you go through the Bible, you'll find the verse, the number 13 speaks of evil things. You can find other examples. For example, the term dragon is used exactly 13 times in the book of Revelation. The same uniform evidence of number 13 is seen in cases where multiples of 13 occurs in Scripture. For example, uh, Genesis 47 and verse 9, Jacob says to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrim are 130 years, or 13 times two, uh, 10. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. Again, number 16, which records the rebellion of Korah and Dothan and Abram, and God said, uh, God's wrath upon them, uh, their followers, there are 250 that perished, number 1635, plus 14,700 that perished, number 1649, or 14,950, in all which 13 times 1150, and it, it talks about apostasy. Now, in Deuteronomy 14, is listed the unclean animals and birds, which is life for forbidden to eat. And there were 26, or 13 times 2, which were uh, prohibited to eat in Deuteronomy 14. Now, at the hands of the unbelieving center men, Paul received 40 stripes, save one, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, or 39 stripes, or 13 times 3. Also, the book of Jude is the 26th book of the New Testament, and it deals with apostasy or of Christism. 
and that's 2 times 13. And you can go on and on if you follow it through the Bible. The number 13 has a very significant number that we ought to study. In a lot of these examples now, it, we ought to study more deeply. And just the 13 years between the incidents here is mentioned in Genesis chapter 17. Now, in Genesis 16 and recorded in Genesis 17, Abram, listening to the voice of Sarah, and the Lord's appearing to him anew. And that this interval is one of a spiritual barrenness and is passed over in silence. Now, why had Abraham to wait all this time before the Lord appeared in him? Why had God waited so long to reveal himself once more? and assure Abram and his promise of giving him Isaac. The answer is found in Romans chapter 4, verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he's about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's faith. Now what? God was about to act in grace. But before grace can be displayed... Man has to first come to the end of himself, of himself. And before God's power is put forth, man must learn his own impatience. Notice, not until Israel were driven to despair and despair to the Red Sea did the Word of God come, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I believe, what I'm getting at is, I believe God's fixing to do something mighty in this country. I really do. We're going through a hard time. We're going through testing time. But I do believe that God acts in His grace when we come to the end of our cell. Did you know this, this pandemic? I heard a man say, it's the wrath of God maybe sending it upon this country and all over the world. But it didn't just fall out of the sky. Amen. I believe God has a purpose in it. And I believe that purpose is is to get God's people back on their knees and wanting to see God work in His grace again. Uh, people were getting away from God, and this thing came. Now, before grace can be displayed, though, man has to come to the end of himself. We can't do nothing about this thing. Amen? And, and you can't change it. Now, not until Abraham's body was dead would God fulfill His word and give him a son. Now, God's opportunity does not come until man's extremity is reached. The lesson of all of us is the Lord has a reason for all His delays. You ever pray for something and you didn't get it when you prayed for it? Right off? I mean, you pray for something and everything in the world happened. I mean, just seemed like you're just not going to be able to do it. It's just not coming. And then you just get to the end of yourself, okay then. Uh, Lord, I, I'll just have to pray and ask you to take care of it. You know? I ain't got enough money. I ain't got enough health. I ain't got enough. And you, you find out you just come to the end of yourself. I just that can't go again. And when you get to the end of yourself, then God intervenes if you pray and God lets you have it. I've had that happen to me so many times. It's unbelievable. Now, Judges 5, verse 28. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tear the wheels of his chariots? The answer is, in the fullness of time has not yet arrived. God has a wise and good reason for delays. Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, 
that is to send back his son, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what I pray every day? Even so come Lord Jesus. Every day. I'd like to see Jesus come back. And every once in a while the devil says to me, He ain't coming. You've been preaching that stuff ever since you've been saved. You've been here all these years. He ain't coming. But I know He is. And I wonder sometimes, why didn't you come today? And then one day I was praying and, and just talking to the Lord about this. And He said, think of all of those that would have went to hell if I had to come today. Think about that for just a minute. Thank God for His delays. Thank God for sometimes that things don't happen exactly when we think they ought to. And, and God's working at His time table. Now, God has a reason for His delays. Not until man comes to the end of himself will God put forth His power. Now, not until man's extremity is reached does God's opportunity arrive. Not until our powers of, are dead with God at uh, uh, acts in grace. By the way, this is a reason for Psalm 107. Will you go there with me a minute? Psalm 107. I want to just read a little bit with you. Psalm 107. I'll begin reading verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of Israel. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hunger soul with goodness. I, I, I don't have time to read it all, but I wish you'd read all down, all the way down to verse 28. Did you know why God kept uh, carried the children of Israel through the land of uh, the wilderness rather than let them go over immediately and possess the, the Canaan land? Because there was giants there. There was people there that lived there that, that God knew that they were not ready to fight the battle. That they were going to have to kill all those evil people there. They were going to have to possess the land and take the land. And they weren't ready for it. And God had to send them through the wilderness to get them ready for it. And when they were ready, when God had them ready, now they can possess the land. And I believe that's what happens to us a lot of time. We want God's blessings on our life, but we're not ready for it. God has to prepare us for it. God wants to use us. Now the principle is this. It's when we are at our own wit's end, when all our devices fail, and all our own efforts come to nothing, that we cry unto the Lord in our trouble, and then He bringeth us out of our distresses. God has some wise purpose in all our lives. God has more than one reason for His delays. After it is test the faith of His children, often it develops their patience. Often it is to bring them to the end of themselves. And His delays are in order that when He does act, His delivering power 
may be more plainly evident and that what he does may be more deeply appreciated and that the consequences he may be more glorified. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Do you know what our purpose on this earth is for? It's to glorify God. Everything that we do on this earth is for one, should be for one purpose and that's to glorify God. If ups and downs, the troubles in our lives, Everything that God sends in our life, we ought to come out on the other side glorifying God. Now, we don't always do that. We grumble and we gripe about what we're going through at the time, and then God has to reprove us and get on the other side, and we look back and say, I declare God was doing something. We can't see it, see? That's the reason God always says to His children, walk by faith not by sight. And He never tells us to walk in yesterday, and He never tells us to walk in tomorrow. He tells us to walk in today. And I believe this with all my soul, and I can prove it by my own life, and my way God has blessed me in my life. If I live today, God will give me the grace to handle tomorrow when I get there. But He's not going to give you the bar's grace on today. He'll give you enough grace to get through today. You know, when I got up this morning, man, I didn't feel like getting out of bed. I was hurting all over, and I rolled over and fell out of bed, and here I am. I made it. Amen? Of all the mess and trouble that's been in my life all day long, I thought was mess. or bad. And you know, it's been the most beautiful day, hasn't it? The weather's been beautiful. Everything's been good. And a good night. I don't want to be like a, a person I was in the grocery store line the other day and I said man I'll be glad when this day's over I said do you realize what you said you throwing your life away I want to live every minute every minute I want to, I want to find something now to enjoy amen I said the old man in line the other day I said have a good day sir he said, don't tell me what to do amen I don't want to live like that man alive I want to enjoy something now and the principle is that if you want to have the blessings of God bestowed upon you, you live by faith and don't let somebody else, just like Sarah said to Abram, uh, here's your maiden, go ahead and have a baby by her. God's not going to do it. God's promised you a son. He's not going to do it. He waited for a hundred years and here you are and you're too old to have a child now. Here's your maiden, go ahead and have one with her. After he had it, then God brought him aside and said, now, you wait a while. And he, then he gave him his son that he had promised him. If we would learn to wait, let me tell you a little story. There was a couple came to my office some years ago, and I'll quit after this, but I'll show you the truth. And this actually happened. They came into my office and they said, Preacher, would you pray for us and anoint us of all that we can have a baby? We've been trying and trying to have a baby. And I had some. Uh, you know, I've never done it before, but for some reason, God, I had some olive oil. What I was doing with it, I don't know. But I had it there in my drawer, and, and I, I, I anointed them in their forehead, the man and the wife. I prayed for them. They didn't have a baby right away. They went out and adopted a little daughter. And three, it wasn't about three weeks after they adopted that little daughter that now she's expecting to get a little baby. If they would have just waited. And now let me show you something. The one that they adopted caused them trouble all their life. 
If it had just waited on the Lord, God would have blessed them. And I've seen it happen so many times. I could tell you another family, but some of you would know them. But they has they, they adopted uh, two little boys and a little girl and, and uh, had trouble all their life. Just didn't wait on the Lord. And sometimes, just because we don't think God is acting the exact time that we think He's acted for us, then we give up. And we try something on our own. And if, you, if we would ever learn this one true lesson, get to the end of yourself. Lord, I can't do it. I can't handle it. i got to have you. Lord, if you, if you don't bless me, I'm not going to have it. I need your blessings. And when you get there, you're in the place that now God can show you His grace. Amen? And He will do it. And He'll take care of His own. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name tonight that, that You'll teach us a great lesson. And Lord, every Christian needs this lesson. There's no one certain one that has less faith than the other. We all face troubles and trials. We all face this thing of patience, waiting on the Lord. But Lord, if it, whatever it takes to bring us to the end of ourself is worth it. Because then you act in grace. And Lord, how much better that is. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for being here tonight.